The blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back, class is back in session. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today is Dean. Dean, how's it going? Good as always, Tim. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I don't think there's really been a time where we've I've asked you that question and you've been like, oh, well, tell you what happened to me. Yeah, one time I was bad and it was because I went to the dentist. That's the only time I'm down. Right. That's it. Hey? Yeah, I'm, so I'm a positive a year, person. That's great. I don't think I've really been down yet. I like I like being up. No, you haven't been to the dentist yet. Oh, I believe me. I've I've spent my my share of time in the dentist chair. Okay. I was a little hoarder of candies. Little Tim, young Tim. Uh, he 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 ate all the candy and had all the cavities. Nice. Oh yeah, I remember that since we're talking about the dentist, I remember this is back in the the olden times, you know, way back horse drawn horse drawn carriage right, days, right? Where you had to walk uh, uphill um, both ways to school. Yeah, that's right. right. There weren't even there weren't even schools. Right. School wasn't even invented yet. So I remember the the dentist coming in, putting the needle in my gums, and leaving what? while the needle was in my gums. What? Yeah, and he left for what felt like an eternity. Come on, and then. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if it was like he forgot or it, it, it was the way it had to happen. But yeah, he put it in, put the needle in, left, came back, took the needle out. And I was like, ah, hey, you know what? I I still love candy more than this. You're so like, I love candy, it. but I do not like this place. It. I don't like this, but, you know, you weigh the two and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to keep eating candy. Right. I don't care. You're this like, if fine. only I could have the candy and not have to come here. That's right. I mean, that, that, that would be the, the perfect situation. Yeah. But um, another great part about the dentist is that mom would let us buy candy on the way out. Right. Nice. So it was like, do you want to go to the dentist where we actually get candy? Yeah. 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 That was your reward. I'm down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyways, I've been through some I've been through some shit in the dentist chair, totally. to say the least. Totally. Tim, one time I was in the dentist chair and the um, hygienist was going to be allowed to administer the needle. And the oh. dentist was also there watching over her. And as okay. it was in my cheek, he says, you don't really want to do it at that angle because you might break off the needle in his cheek. <laughs> well, that's a good thing to hear. Isn't that a great thing to hear when you're sitting in the <laughs> chair? Oh, love that. I'm like, I'm still a person here. I yeah. can hear you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, that was not a fun time. No, I've never been around... While, while while a hygienist would be doing it, yeah, they were a little too Never... little too comfortable. Ah, uh, that's a that's interesting. Yeah. Um. So that's probably enough dentist talk. You know what? I'm getting a, a little sweaty over here. I'm a little stressed out from this dentist talk. I want to talk about comics, Tim. Yeah, we could talk about comics. Uh, comics like uh, relieve my stress. That's like kind of their main purpose in my life. Oh, what if you could read a comic in the dentist chair? Interesting. Could you could you counter the pain that with, act, the, with the good? That actually might work. Sometimes, okay, here's the thing. Sometimes they have the TV going and they have like some yeah. sports on and stuff. I have to take off my glasses, so I can't see that stuff anyway. So it is useless. That's useless for me. 
So comic, though, I can read up close. I can get it real close to my face. Yeah. So yeah, I, uh, I, I like that. I might bring a comic next time and see if that's okay. I wonder if any adult over 30 has brought a comic into the dentist before. I'm sure. I'm sure they've tried. <laughs> I wonder, what about Google Glasses? Can you read comics on Google Glasses? Interesting. I don't know. I've never tried it. I have never tried the uh, Google Glass, I believe it's called. Uh, I don't know. I don't know either, but I'm just, that might be something to look into. Yeah, I'm going to look into that. That's what I'm going to do right after this podcast is look into that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, I, I'm going to do something different, but that's okay. cool. Okay. Uh, what about microfilm? What, you bring what would micro, I do with the microfilm? microfilm? Um, like, how do I read at it? How do I read that? Uh, don't they have like little tiny like microscopes that are like pint size and you look at okay microfilm oh yeah okay it. okay so i need the film a comic on a microfilm and then i need the little microscope to bring yeah. it to the dentist chair with me right yeah, right yeah. but it would be it'd probably be less intrusive for the dentist yeah you, know, you don't have to have this giant comic and they would just be like what are you doing right. here, uh sir and you're just like I'm, well, I'm i'm reading uh you know the latest issue of batman right it actually it might look like if it's some sort of like microscope it might look like i'm some sort of chemist or something like i'm really actually Oh, oh, you're important. Important. Yeah, exactly. I'm an important person. You've got, <laughs> You've got real work to do. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Well, um, don't you know? Don't you have a dentist friend or you know, you knew a dentist guy? Uh, I don't I don't know many dentists. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to say maybe you could ask him, but I guess you don't know it. You don't know you don't know anybody. No, I I uh I severed all old, someone, old ties in my life. I know no more dentists. Oh. Okay, okay. As soon as they I talked you know, about I know you know one. I, I knew one. As soon as they talked about breaking off needles in my cheek, I was done with that. <laughs> okay. Done with those people. That's 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 yeah, that's the exact time when I would check out as well. Yeah. All right. Well, what we're doing this week is we're going to rock on with <laughs> i forgot what we're doing we're <laughs> now now i'm concerned now i'm concerned okay what we're gonna do this week is we're gonna dig into deadly class volume two this is big for so, us tim um having it be a second volume yeah this is the to something this is the first time we are continuing on with something um Yes, it is, isn't it? I guess I was thinking back about all our past episodes. Yeah, you did that quickly. You went through all all of them really quickly there. Mm-hmm. This is uh, the first time we're doing it with a comic book. I mean, we've done it with Jaws films, right? Right, where uh, where we went one, two, three, four. But I don't mm-hmm. think we've taken the next step in a comic. We've done a lock and key episode where we did them all in one. But this right. is the first time we've done a first volume of a comic and moved on to the next volume. An ongoing series. An ongoing series. We are an ongoing uh, podcast, so it makes sense that we would do an ongoing series. I hadn't considered that. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. What a connection. Yeah, so, oh, it's it's that's a great connection. I feel like it's meant to be. You're getting that meant to be vibe out of this? I am getting the meant to be vibe, yes. We had mentioned last time that we were going to try to, you know, go through these volumes in a somewhat regular, you know, amount of time. And here we are. I don't know how long it's been. I also don't know, Tim. See, we don't really know when these episodes are going to drop. I'm not really sure what day it is today. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So anyways, volume two, 
once again, just as a refresher, it's published by Image Comics, and it was written by Rick Remender, our dude. Our dude. Love this dude. Yeah. Art by Wesley Craig. Love his art. And colored by Lee Lowridge. Love his colors. What a great team. It's a great team. Um, I am a really big Rick Remender fan, and I think I kind of forgot about it until we started doing this. Forgot about what? That I was a huge Rick Remender fan. Okay. Yeah. Rick Remender is my favorite writer, like bar none. And and I get that. I was really yeah. into him. Um, I don't know, maybe four years ago when all this stuff was coming out and he was writing all these books. And I think I, I, I dug up a couple old posts that I posted on a, uh, a comic book website about saying that he is in my top three writers. And... I haven't read anything from him recently, so I kind of forgot that. I had a lot of new writers in my head going around for my top three, and I forgot about Rick Remender. So I'm thankful that we are digging into this comic, and especially this volume, really reminded me why I love this guy. Yeah, every volume. It's like every volume reminds you. But um, hey, remember when you did that two-minute Deadly Class issue one video on YouTube? Oh, yeah, yeah. I deleted that, right? Uh, I don't think so. No, it's still there. Uh, I just thought I'd bring that up uh, for anybody looking for for something fun to watch. It's not great. It's not great. Okay, volume two called Kids of the Black Hole. Interesting. I actually now, didn't know what it was called. Kids, it's a, Kids it's of the Black Hole. Interesting name. Yeah. Interesting name. Mm-hmm. So, volume one was happening in 1987, and volume two is set in 1988, so a year later. Now... When the book starts off, they really don't let you forget how unforgivingly disturbing it can be. Oh, <laughs> like if, my goodness. If you've, if you've forgotten what the Deadly Class is all about, this is a this is one of our Max imprints that we're calling it. So yeah. these are um, some more, more of our offensive episodes. Yeah. There's going to be more swearing, more mature content. But this is definitely to the max. As we like to say. Yeah. If you were um, shocked by our Deadly Class episode, um, I don't know if go, volume go two away. is for you. No. <laughs> I'm not sure. We'll, I... <laughs> we'll see you next week if you didn't like volume one. <laughs> I never want to tell someone to not read a comic or someone to not listen to a podcast I'm on. But if you didn't like volume one, it might not be your cup of tea. No. No, it's not for everyone. Um so what it basically starts out with is we get a group of these three real fucking weird looking misfits outside of a walk-in clinic and they basically kill this doctor with a saw. Yeah. I'm going to leave some some stuff out, but um, yeah, they basically give us this graphic death of this doctor to start it out. Now, similar to volume one, we get a lot of internal monologue from Marcus in this book. This is kind of one of the ways that the story gets driven forward. Now, we're back at Reagan High and immediately back to Rick Remender's insanely beautiful fucking writing. Yep. Like, it doesn't t- it doesn't take very long, and we get one of these incredibly deep life nuggets. And it goes like this. Depression is a big, fucked-up monster. Everyone gets a turn, whether or not they want to own up to it. It's a hard fight that fucks you top to bottom, drains you hollow, And when you're finally rid of it, there's something about having overcome it that robs you of compassion. I just, I just find this such an amazing quote. Yeah. It's like, he's saying, 
even if you are able to overcome depression, it steals something from you. Like it leaves you without something. And, you know, everybody's had their their dark times, right? And it's true. Like you never forget those dark times, yeah. you know? You never forget like the really low lows and you, you really f- rarely forget the really high highs. Yeah. What this means to me, Tim, is that you have these times and they're really tough to get out of and we've all had them. And then when you get out of it, you're just like, what the fuck was wrong with me? Right? You're not even allowed to be, to look back on that time and and feel like you went through something. It's more like you look back on that time and you're like, well, what was wrong with me in that time? And I think that's what he's getting at here, that you get out of it and you don't really feel satisfied. You feel like you did something wrong during that time. Maybe. I, I saw it more as like you come out with battle scars. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah, like, yeah, you got you got through it. But it was such a struggle that it's changed you, right? And it's it's ruined a part of you because you had to go through it. Definitely. I, I don't know. Anyways, it was like just right off the bat, you get this amazingly deep thing to think of. Um, like you, you consider uh, how, how that quote affects you in, in, in your life, right? Yeah. Like you're, I guess what I'm trying to say is you're immediately given this scenario where you can sit back. You can put the book down and sit back for a second and just analyze it yeah. right? and think about like what this writing means and what what it means to marcus in this book and what it means to you know to us personally right so yeah. we can relate to the character yeah this is love it this is going to be a theme going throughout this whole volume um i feel like this volume is attacking me because um if you strip away all of um like the assassin school stuff uh there was definitely a time where i think i went through everything that marcus went through in this book and that seems insane but it happened on my small scale. Um, so there's, it, it's like, it, it's that Rick Remender writing that you're talking about that just makes you feel so connected to it. Even if you didn't have exactly the same problem, you had a problem very similar and you can relate to what Marcus is going through. Yeah. And I feel like lots of people had these types of issues that he digs into. So Marcus is, he's talking about Maria. Now, since the Vegas trip, she's become really depressed. She's worried that Chico's father is going to be coming for revenge. And like Marcus, like any 15-year-old would be doing, he's like struggling with his feelings and, and trying to cope with everything. And remember, like he just does a, such a great job of humanizing these characters for us. Um, I noticed he's giving us all of these in-between moments with the character and Marcus doing commentary about these moments that they're not big, but you wouldn't really see them in a normal comic either. But they're these moments that we learn we learn more about him as a person. And, you know, whatever it is, just like maybe him walking down the street kicking a can or something like that, or or I don't know, like thinking thinking about something waiting for a bus. It's these I like to call them the in-between moments because nothing big is happening. But what, what, what is happening is we get this great story coming out. Yeah, and, and if we remember, like, Maria killed Chico to save Marcus. Um, and Maria's having to deal with that now. And Maria's going through depression because of that. And Marcus is feeling like he he's feeling like he is due to be by her side because she killed Chico for him. So again, it's like one of these big concepts that we can't really relate exactly to, but if we break it down, it's that 
you know, she did something for him and now he feels a little bit guilty staying with her because, you know, he doesn't really like being around her, but he feels like he's due to stay with her. Yeah, he's he's very honorable. Yeah. He... I mean, at this point. Yes, he doesn't need to stay with her, but he's really doing a good job of, of like, helping her through it and coping with, with what she's going through as well. So... Marcus, what we learn though, Dean, is he's now living the dream. He got a job at a comic book store. Oh, you're right. Isn't that fantastic? That is the dream. That is the dream. <laughs> so jealous. I'd love to do that. It'd be amazing. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I love that aspect of it. But we're reminded here uh, also of Seiya. Do you remember Seiya? I do remember Seiya. I remember there's three people that are obsessed with her and uh one of them is marcus and the other two uh are brothers that's right yeah <laughs> thank you for throwing that in there yeah because <laughs> i definitely wanted to make sure i was on that list because yeah. i'm obsessed with her she's amazing um we're reminded of saya as marcus is doing an internal dialogue about her right and as he's doing this internal dialogue saya is actually out searching for him she mm. calls she calls him him that's right. to us to us it's goat fucker right yeah 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 to her to her i guess she hasn't given him a label so well we've you seen know what more, we've seen more than she has yes she hasn't seen that goat part that's right so yeah so she's she doesn't calling, have a name for him yet dean she's calling him him so i think i would like to call him him for this book for a while okay I'm tired of goat fucker. I like that. I know it's, it's tiresome. I'm tired of saying it. I'm tired of thinking of it. I I will also go with him. Okay. So Saya is running on a telephone wire, leaping across buildings while, while Marcus is having this monologue. And he says, this is a quote. He says, Saya is something different than the rest of us. Something real. You can just see it in her eyes. She sees through your shit, sizes you up in a second and fuck. She's gorgeous. <laughs> I love that. Uh, what else would you be thinking about at your comic book job? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Probably Just nothing else. A, a, that, another, that's what I would be thinking of. Right. Another that. girl that's not your girlfriend. That's right. So, okay. Now we're back to uh, like normal kid dorm life back at Reagan High. And it looks like Marcus has a new roommate. Shabnam. Oh, yeah. Our buddy. He's a, he's our buddy? He's such a wiener. Yeah. Why is he our buddy? I don't know. Uh, Marcus Marcus saved them, basically, in the shower, remember? Yeah, I know. He's like a... Uh, uh, it's interesting that you called him such a wiener because we have seen his wiener. I know. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it, was cold. it was a cold shower, though. Give him a break. It was a cold shower, yeah. He was the teeny weeny kid. He was, yeah. The nerd. We established last time that right. the nerds have the little ones. Right, and the jocks have the big ones. That's, right. <laughs> That's 100% correct. Yeah. That's life, okay? That's just life. I know. No, I know. I get it. I get it, Dean. I get it. We don't make the rules. We just play by them, right? Yeah. We just measure. Uh, okay. You'll, you let's, can cut that one out, too. Let's move on. No, no, no. I'm not cutting that out. Let's move on from here, though. Um, Marcus gets invited to a party, but Shabnam isn't welcome. Uh, uh, it was a bit of like, I felt a little bit bad for the guy. It but, was a little uh, heartbreaking. It was, yeah, because we've all been there, I'm sure. Uh, now, at the party, we meet a couple of new characters here. We've got Lex and Petra. Now, Lex is the host of the party, and 
Marcus ends up kind of calling him out for being a coward. Like Lex is trying to be this big, tough guy, putting on a show. Marcus sees right through it and, and is like giving him shit for it. It's getting a bit heated and Saya kind of pulls him out of there. And outside, um, outside of the party, she says, have you noticed how every year that goes by, you care less and less about most things? Love, pain, nostalgia, year by year. It all seems less significant than when you were younger dulled so again I, I know i'm pulling like a lot of these out at the beginning here but this is where remender is hitting us with a lot of these really great deep writing moments so yeah for sure as you should there's a lot of them it's so true right yeah like the more you do something the kind of the less interesting and exciting it becomes yeah things things fade away in your mind and even great memories fade away if you are you know keeping busy and focusing on other things um, that's why sometimes it's great just to stop and remember some of the old times. Yeah. Because there are big times in your life and you just, they just kind of fade as time goes on. They do. Yeah. I feel like if you stop remembering something for a while, it pretty much will go away. Like if you continue to remember a moment or a feeling over and over again, you can kind of bring that with you throughout your life. I have some examples of that, but if you let something go, if you stop thinking about something, as long as it wasn't really traumatic, you're probably going to forget about it because, I mean, let's be honest, we can't remember all of the things that have gone on in our life, right? Like our brains aren't good enough to do that. So you're left with remembering these moments you love, bringing those with you. And then you're left with like these um, like superhero moments, like where something extremely terrible happens or something extremely amazing happens and is just burnt into your, uh, your mind forever. So again, something that happens to everybody, but I wouldn't have been able to really verbalize that or even come up with like the concept of that. But Remender lays it down on paper in this book. Yeah, it it is quite amazing where these events are happening and I can kind of relate to them and then I can kind of like tie them to something that happened in my life where I felt like I did something similar to Marcus. And then you get these great, you know, either monologues or dialogues, whatever's going on, you, you get these this great writing moment from Remender where he kind of breaks it down for you and tells you why you why you have feelings tied to that thing or why you're so sad about forgetting everything. Like it's just it, it's it's all this stuff that connects me so to the book. And and if I'm if I'm just reading it and thinking that it's just like a story, it's these little writing moments that kind of draw me back into it being oh no this is about me even though i'm not a character in this book this book is me that's a great point yeah just what you said being connected to the book like that's so true like i feel connected to this book totally nice i think you're just channeling some remender right there i maybe it's great i mean i feel like when he writes he channels me like it's it's amazing Yeah. yeah totally so it was at this point uh outside the party where marcus and sarah are chatting they're just about ready to kiss mm. and then a masked archer in the trees shoots an arrow at them and say catches it and doesn't even skip a beat in the conversation she goes on to say it's wild the sorts of things you can get used to i'm just yeah. like it's like tim. i love how normal all this is for her yes tim she's not like us no she she's not she she sees through your bullshit she Dean. sees straight through our bullshit and catches fucking <laughs> arrows right before they hit her face I love that she's always like on guard for somebody to oh, yeah. try to kill her. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I love how I, I just love how it just kind of getting back to that scene and what you said. I love how normal these things are for 
for these kids. Like Marcus was giving shit to Lex and like calling him out. And Saya takes him out back and she's like, that guy's like the best at making explosives like in the world. <laughs> like you should yeah. probably watch out. It's just funny where you would go and I don't know, maybe you stand up to somebody at a party and then, you know, someone pulls you aside and they're like, dude, that's like the captain of the wrestling team. He's going to beat the shit out of you. Uh, but this guy is just the best bomb maker in the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really weird that this stuff is this is normal conversation for them. Like it's high school taken to like a thousand times greater. Yeah. Like the, the stakes up, yeah. are so much higher. Right. Yeah. And it's like that's like the style that's been you know, drawn over this whole thing. Like that's the style points this book gets. But when you strip those away and you break it down, it's just human emotion. That's this book. But it's also the sandbox that we're put in here. They do such a great job of creating this world and containing everything within it that we buy everything. You almost find yourself forgetting that this is abnormal, that these two like teenagers are about to kiss and someone shoots an arrow at their face. Right. Like I'm just like, oh, that's, Oh, someone just tried to kill them. I wonder who that is. You know, I wonder what character that is and why they're trying to do it. It's totally normal, but it's because of how good a job they do creating this world. Right. It's a great feat of writing that we take that as normal, like that the characters take that as normal. Right. And then yeah. we have to be like, oh, yeah, that's just a thing that can happen here. Yeah, exactly. So Marcus chases down the archer and it turns out to be Maria. Oh, so no. She was shoot yeah, I know. Right. Damn. She was shooting at him, but knew two things. She knew Saya wouldn't let the arrow hit Marcus, and she knew that Saya would try to steal Marcus from her. And Marcus, after catching her, catching up to Maria, tries to break up with her, like he's done a few times before, and he just can't do it. She doesn't let him. Yeah, he's, uh... He, he likes the sex. He likes the sex. I mean... I, I'll from, say it. I'll come out and say it. From what we can see on the panels, uh, I mean, it, it it looks like it's good stuff. <laughs> care to elaborate uh no i do not <laughs> okay thank you <laughs> that's all that's all i will say about that now we meet up here with those unsavory people from the beginning of the book guess who they're friends with okay um surprise I'm gonna say surprise him. him they're friends with him which makes a lot of sense they look a little bit like him they're doing some really weird shit um i was getting a lot of him vibes at the beginning of this book when we were introduced to them Definitely. They had the same type of teeth, like sharp, <laughs> right. broken, sharp teeth. Yeah. Yeah. And the same uh, sadistic ideas. Yeah. Yeah. So we meet up with them and him while him is taking a shit. He's taking a shit in the toilet. <laughs> That's right. He is. He's doing that. <laughs> they come to talk to him. He did not lock the door. <laughs> Dude, no. He jumps off the toilet to yell at one of his buddies and we get this shadowy image of his package i can't i can't did you look i looked did you look for I his looked, package man. yeah he was it's a nerd so, he was a nerd yes <laughs> <laughs> exactly he i gotta look at it tim <laughs> it was so small it was very small yes i went out i, I was searching for it i was like where where's his where's his wiener in there oh there I, whoa it's a, like a button <laughs> it is he's got one of them button ones <laughs> Oh my goodness. I haven't <laughs> talked about wieners this much in a long time. <laughs> it's a Max so, episode, Tim. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Now, listen, um, his buddy calls him fuckface, 
So we've been wrong this whole time. We were close, though. We were close, though. It wasn't Goatfucker. It's Fuckface. It's fuckface, yeah. That's his official name. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's claimed his it. His actual name. He's not doing a podcast. His actual name is Fuckface. Well, it's not his actual name, but it's his taken name. He's taken that um, for now. That's I what think it's his actual name. Well, no, we get his actual name uh, later on. Okay. Yeah, we get a flashback back to the boys' school, and he has a name. Oh, I don't remember what it is. I think it's... Uh, clinton or chester or winston or something like that we'll get there though okay i've got i've got it in my notes here um so we get <laughs> get some a little bit more unsettling stuff here oh no <laughs> he's pissed off at his buddy oh no so he's giving his buddy a face wash in the poopy toilet that's bad that's bad tim i don't like it why would he stay friends with that guy after doing that i don't know i don't know um, about that that scene is very uncomfortable it's um, funny though. It is I, funny I like that it. that guy who he gave the uh, the swirly to, yeah, um, had killed a man for the first time, and had just forgot one little detail. So that's what got him the poop swirly. Yeah, and he well, was like, don't... "Oh come on, man! I've never killed someone before, and I did that part. I didn't. I didn't screw that part up." But he got a poop swirly still. No, you don't want to screw up if you're in uh, in uh, fuckface's group. There. No, let's get back to calling him him. I like him better. better. Yeah, him. Now, him lets us know he's trying to become a famous serial killer. Right. So, you know, like life goals and all that, right? Right, yeah. It's good to have a, yeah, set your eyes on a prize. Yeah. Um, now, there's a girl with them in this, like whatever they're in, it's like a house or an apartment, I don't know, it's fairly large, but there's a girl and she looks out the window and sees a shadow on the rooftop across the street and it's Saya. Mm -hmm. And Saya kind of sees that she's been seen and takes off. Now, back to Shabnam. He's feeling burnt by not being invited to the party. And the little fucker, he takes Marcus's journal, which Marcus writes everything in, and gives it to Master Lin. Not cool. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Not cool, That's man. Not, not going to be a good thing. Now, it's uh, remember time again. Sometimes, remembering a moment in your life can physically hurt as you relive everything that mattered to you then... And realize how far it's gone now. Think about that. Man. Like, you, it physically hurts because you remember what it was at the time, but now how far removed it is from you. And it hurts even more because of how far removed it is. Yeah, and it, it actually kind of makes sense in a lot of different ways that you can think about it. Another one is how much you cared about something in that moment. And then you've, like, messed up that moment in some way. And now you're thinking, why did I even care that much about it? Yeah. Right? You're like, you all you, you think back and you're just like, I feel so dumb for even caring that much. Oh, totally. Ugh. Totally. Oh, I'm feeling, I'm doing the sweating thing again. I'm feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> you're writhing over there. I know. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm you okay. Yeah, I'm okay. No, okay, okay. Yeah, Remender uh, gets to me though. He, he gets me. Oh, dude, dude, Remender. Love, yeah. love Remender. Yeah. So Saya tells Marcus she found him. Well, here we go. His name is Chester Wilson. Chester. Okay. Yeah. Marcus says, when do we go? I love that. Yeah. Like just, she finds him and he's like, when do we go? Yeah. When do we go kill this fuck? Love it. Because like we, we were talking about at the end of last episode, he has Chico's body. And like, that's right. That's trouble for Marcus and Maria. Like yeah, him, him has, has Chico. Chico's body. So 
Who knows what he's going to do with it? Marcus is like, yep, we got to go. Maria stood by me and saved me. I got to go out there and I got to watch her back. I got to get rid of that body. 100%. So Saya wants to know what this is all about. Like she's helping, but she doesn't even know why, like what, what the situation is. So Marcus says he can't talk about it, but he gives her his journal and says, go to March of 86. He trusts her with his journal. So she's going to go and see what exactly this is all about and what happened. So we get a flashback and everything is in shades of yellow in this flashback. And it's really, really neat. Um, It's really uncomfortable on the eyes to to look at pages and pages of yellow. True. Which really suits the uh, situation that we're in back at this boys home flashback. Yeah, nice point. We see... The, we see what this boy's home actually is. Now, we've we've heard about this in the last issue. Marcus and him both were in this boy's home. But we get um, the screen gets pulled back a little, little bit here. And this boy's home was some sort of a sweatshop where they made these kids labor for 13 hours a day, seven days a week. And Marcus had been there for nine years. My so goodness. That so that sucks. So that's. I think that's a like a major look into into his character here and why why he is the way he is um with with a lot of a lot of the things that you know have happened to him in the past so right i mean with all these things that have happened he turned out great he did right because he he came out of all of that and he's that he's this compassionate kind of caring guy right yeah he gave he's, his he sticks he gave his shoe to that homeless person Gave the shoe to the homeless person. He stuck up for Shabnam. He won't break up with Maria, even though he wants to and probably should. He like befriended Willie, you know, this kid who kind of an outcast. Yeah. He has these moments where he like thinks about say, even though he's with Maria, he has these moments where he like gives Lex shit, but he's basically sticking up for everyone else when he gives Lex shit. Um, He's, yeah, and he's, he's 15. He's 15. He's like, 15. He's really a great kid for what yeah. he's gone through. So this is a bit of a tough flashback to read. There's some pretty disturbing content in it, but we basically find out that Chester was cutting Marcus if Marcus didn't steal food for him. So we've seen Marcus kind of completely naked in the shower. He's got scars all over his body. Oh, yeah. So, so Chester... Lot a lot so Mm -hmm. chester had like cut him a whole bunch um so it's time for marcus to bring him more food in this flashback but marcus brings him a poison sandwich this time perfect Uh, that's a good idea yeah that's a great idea yes you're right that's a good idea and then marcus was stealing needles from the workshop in his mouth and made a needle bomb and he ends up exploding that right by chester and a couple of guards now they're kind of down for the count. Marcus ends up getting all the way through these guards that are in the boys' home and gets to the evil woman running the home. Now, instead of shooting her, though, he handcuffs her and lets all the kids free. Now, I guess the kids were supposed to kind of do their worst on this old lady and kind of get their get their payback. But Chester wasn't killed by the bomb as we all know, horribly disfigured by it, but not dead. He ends up getting up and killing everybody. Yeah. All of the kids. So Marcus feels responsible for this happening. Yeah. Which is this, some, this guilt that he's carrying around. 
For sure, yeah. He he really wanted to free all the kids and wanted to escape. And in the end, it was actually just like a tragic story of how he destroyed this entire home and killed everybody in it. Which yeah, their blood is, is on- it, it, it's pinned on him. Yeah. Which is really why we we can see why the cops are chasing him early in volume one. We can see why Master Lin has taken attention to him. He has this rep of killing everybody in this home and escaping. Everybody. Yeah. So we get another flashback now. But this time we get a bit of information into why Maria loved and hated Chico so much. So we see we see a very young Maria here and a young Chico. Now, Maria's family, uh, they were selling product for a product, drugs. I'm doing air quotes here. Drugs. A drug product. One of those one of those illegal types. Uh-huh. Definitely illegal. Yeah. Now they're selling a product for listen to this dude's name. Love it. El Alma del Diablo. Whoa. Which is translated Do... to hmm? Go ahead. You go ahead. I was just gonna say don't fuck with that guy. No. Anybody that has a name that you don't even understand and is in another language, I'd say just no, it's fine. Steer clear. Go the other way. Yeah. But what it means is this is when you really know not to fuck with him. If you didn't know before, you know now. His name means the soul of the devil. Oh, that is that is a bad soul. That's an evil soul. That's, that's a badass name. That's not the type of name you get by like having a paper route and getting straight A's. No, it is not. You're right. Um, but you, that is Chico's father. That dude. Okay. Chico's father. Bad dude. Bad dude. So Maria's father stole a small amount of product. And Mr. Soul of the Devil came for them. Of course. He burns Maria's father on a crucifix, and he was about to kill Maria until Chico told him that Maria could actually be useful if he spared her. Mm -hmm. So that's why Maria was with him, because like in a way here, Chico saved her life. Yeah. But at the same time, like they were so horrible. They killed her family. They're so horrible to her. And then they just used her and like forced her to do all these things she didn't want to do so i get this is where i shouldn't say i get but we get we all get here how she's feeling and why yeah what remender does in this book uh with almost every character even some of the villains is um he doesn't really judge anyone with his writing he really just lays it out he's just like this is the life of maria this is the life of chico and they both did these things and made these decisions. Maybe Chico decided to save her because he did like her, even though they ended up just using her. It's not really, he doesn't judge any of these decisions. He's just saying, this is the life of these two people. Yeah. I like that. You're you're right. There is no judgment in this, in this book and any of these books. Yeah. Now this segues into Victor searching the halls of King's dominion with a machine gun looking for Maria. (laughs) It's so great. <laughs> I missed Victor. Have you missed Victor? I miss. I always miss I missed, Victor. Yes. I love Victor. He's yes. a great character. Um, but you're just like, what is going on here? Totally. <laughs> How is this allowed? Yeah. But it turns out it's just a one versus one training assignment. Oh, yeah. You know, an and, assignment at this school. Right. Just a simple assignment. Yeah. And uh, Maria actually ends up beating the shit out of him. She uses stealth and bravado to just fuck to fuck him up i love it yeah you know who's fucking amazing maria she fucks everybody up she's amazing she is i think 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I love Saya and all, but Maria might be the toughest one of the bunch here. Well, I think so. And and it's interesting because we love Saya and we think Saya is just like this god because Marcus paints her as that because he's in like in love with her, right? So right. that's what we get it through Marcus's eyes of how great she is. But Maria is actually might be the most badass in the entire comic. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree. Like I'm, I'd have to consider everything that everybody does, but she's got to be in the argument for the toughest one of the bunch here. Here's the thing that I look back on, like so far up, up uh, all the way through volume one and two, she's never losing a fight. Maria is never has like the disadvantage in a fight. She's always on top of it. Yeah. And also nobody could stop Chico, but she stopped him in about two seconds when she finally decided that's what she needed to do. Exactly. Now, now maybe like the, she caught him off guard. Like maybe he wasn't expecting her to attack or whatever, but Chica was badass. So mm-hmm. she was able to, when she decided this is enough, just ended it. Right. Yeah. So a few things happen at this point in the volume. Marcus apologizes to Shabnam for not taking him to the party. Mm-hmm. And Shabnam says he didn't even really want to go. He just wanted to be invited. Isn't that Poor the guy. feeling we have a lot? Poor guy. I know. He's a bit of a wiener, but, you know, I feel sorry <laughs> for the guy. Totally. But, I've, like... I've, I've not been invited to a party before. I'm sure everybody has. It feels awful. It feels if awful, you, and you, you don't you want, even, Sometimes you don't even want to go. You just want to be invited. You're like, that's It would have right. just been nice to be asked. Yeah, that's right. You'd rather be at home playing video games or something like that. Yeah. But you just want to be invited. You want to feel like you have friends. For sure. I get it. I get, I get it, it, Shabnam. Now, Saya shows Marcus what she's dug up on him. Oh. There are ties to him and Chico's death. So that's bad. We've kind of alluded to this already, but this is where they kind of make mention of it in the book that there's ties to him and Chico. So this is one of the, one of the reasons why they need to get rid of him. Right. Does that make sense? Because him was like, because him has Chico. Him has Chico. So him having Chico is bad for Saya and Marcus. But I think she's alluding to the fact that um, word on the street might be out that him has Chico as well. So there's other influences beyond Reagan youth and Marcus and Saya that could start to get involved. Right. So if that infor- like if that information made it into the hands of the police or something like that, then you've got a different type of big problem. Right. Right. So they're 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 wanting to act because of their interest, but I think at the same time she's saying, "Look, there's other things here influencing this situation as well." So time is like really really tight here. Yeah. Basically, when when they killed Chico, the worst thing to happen. Was for him to show up and take the body. Um, that's the second worst thing. What's the worst? Happen. Oh, the worst thing is what he's going to do with that body after he took it. Right. Yes. So, Marcus is a bit concerned because him has solid defenses set up at the house. Now we we kind of look at these people and they don't they don't look all that good. No, they don't. They don't look good. They probably smell real bad. Oh, they look like they smell real bad. That one guy's face just smells like shit. 
Yeah, he probably didn't wash after that. I'm not sure but they have a shower. They're probably not. They're really intelligent though, and they've got these defenses set up. Like we know they're really intelligent because Saya, who is a a fucking ninja master, was hiding on the rooftop of another building in the shadows, and this one girl picked her out in kind of like half a second, just noticed somebody watching. So um, we don't really know yet that they're really dug in in this apartment with defenses, but Marcus knows for whatever reason. So now we know he's worried. So we're going to be worried. Now they can't do this alone, right? The two of them are not going to be able to penetrate these defenses and take everybody out. So they need help. They need bombs. Yeah. They need Lex. Sexy Lexi. Sexy Lexi. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's not, that's not in the book. No, that's not. That's my name for him. He's got right, those frosted well. tips. He's sexy Lexi. <laughs> we know Dean's new favorite character. <laughs> um, Marcus. Now, I mean, last time these two interacted, Marcus was giving him shit for being like a fucking coward. Yeah. And calling him out on all his bullshit. Um, but now he needs his help. So he appeals to Lex's pride. and Smart uh, move. Smart move. The guy's very prideful. Appeals to that. Convinces him to help. Now, it's at this point in the book... I'm visually noticing that they're using a lot of halftones in this volume, which I didn't notice in the first volume. Halftone is like, halftone was used in really, really, really old comic books. I think it was just the way that they were able to print color, but it's like printing color in little circles, little tiny circles okay. that get that get printed. And they're doing that here on purpose. So you don't need to use halftone anymore. Like um, color can be printed just, you know, a full section can be just be like flat printed and it's all good. But the halftone, they're using it here as like, um, um, I don't want to say like an effect, but it's purposeful the way they're using it. So they're, they're using it to make certain things on the page pop out more than others because they're highlighting certain elements with this halftone, which your eyes drawn to because it doesn't really fit. Interesting. Is that that in the scene where they're talking to Lex? Oh, I I don't know. Off the top of my head, I don't. Okay. You're just saying it's in this whole issue. Yeah. It's it's, what I'm saying is at this point in the book, I'm realizing that, but it's in the whole volume, but it was like a subtle thing that we, we get about halfway through here and I see a panel and I'm like, is, is that halftone? Like nobody uses halftone anymore. Cause it's like, it's so dated, right. but they're using it here and they're using it for a reason and it's working. It's making certain things on the page pop out right. that they want and, to pop out for you. And this is a book that is set in the eighties. So I can see that that is being intentionally done to make it look like an eighties book. Sure. Because something I noticed back in volume one was the color palette they were using was like a color palette that had just become popular in the 80s, like in books like Watchmen. Um, So maybe they're doing that. Maybe they're using that. um, What was it? Halftone to. Yeah. To to maybe make the book seem like it's kind of from the 80s. Yep. Yep. Love it. Now, this next part is a really important moment in um in the volume in the series okay i was gonna reach for a beer but i've put it down now because this is a really important moment so i'm listening well no oh, no get your beer okay i mean okay, i'll be talking go. for i'll talk for a couple seconds here you've got time for a sip okay so after leaving lex's place saya invites marcus to a concert 
but he decides it's going to be better to check in with Maria because she was very upset before and he wants to make sure everything is good with her. Like we've alluded to before, he's been struggling in the relationship. He's almost checked out a couple times, but he still wants to be there for her. So he sneaks up into her window, like from a ladder outside, finds her crying and drinking a bottle of tequila. So he's like, uh, like, fuck this. I guess enough was enough at this point. He's yeah. like, I'm forget about it. I'm gone. He takes off. He doesn't like Maria doesn't know that he was there. He takes off and goes to the concert with Saya. He goes and meets her at the concert. And I, I get it. Yeah. Dude, Tim, I get it. Like Tim, you're totally we, right. This is, this is such an important moment. We know from the first book already that Marcus likes both Saya and Maria, but Saya wasn't interested in him, right? She showed no interest. Maria was showing all the interest in him. Now Saya is starting to show interest in him. And Maria is a fucking wreck. Mm -hmm. And he's giving as much as he can. But let's remember, as we've said a few times already, he's a 15-year-old kid. Yeah. Like, how, how much can you endure as a 15-year-old before you're just like, I'm fucking checking out of this? Yeah, we've we've talked about a lot of these moments where uh, the remainder writing comes in and it feels like it's like a little bit of a dagger into my heart. You know, it's hurt me a bit. I feel the emotions. This one, if all those other moments are like the dagger, just a little bit piercing, this one is the full dagger. Like this is the full um, dagger straight, full blade into my heart. This moment where Marcus is on the windowsill and Saya is, or sorry, Maria is on her bed with that, with that bottle of booze and we can see Maria's face, but he can't. And we know that she is so sad in this moment. She needs him to come through that window. But he can't do it right now. He's not in the state that he can come through that window and be the guy she needs him to be. And he just books it out of there. And like you said, it's a tough, tough moment. And sadly, you can relate to it. You can relate to that moment where you're just like, I, I just can't do it right now. I got my own shit and I can't do it. I'm going to that concert. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So we're at that concert. And it has a mosh pit. Nice. Dean, I've never understood mosh pits. I don't. I also don't. No, I, I don't. Were, were I wasn't a, mosh a big head. I wasn't a big concert guy. Um, were, you a, were you a pit bumper? I wasn't a pit bumper. What's a pit bumper? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I'm make, making stuff up. But <laughs> oh, that's a were, good one. Were you, were you a mosh head? I wasn't a or, mosh or, head. Or a I wasn't pit a bumper? pit bumper. Um, I was none of those things. <laughs> no, me neither. No. Um, do you know who understands all about that, though? Uh, Saya. No. Oh. Well, maybe. Yeah, she does. Actually, right. She does understand. She knows everything. Do you, do you know who else? Marcus. Rick Remender. Oh, Rick Remender. Yes. I bet Rick Remender was such a pithead. No, wait. What did you say? <laughs> a pit bumper? <laughs> a pit bumper. He was such a pit bumper. <laughs> okay. Well, from from the way he describes it, I'd have yeah. to agree with you. Because listen to this. Here's another remender moment. We need to coin these somehow or get a buzzer. And every time we hit the buzzer, it's just everybody knows a remender moment is coming. Yeah, I like it. But this is what he says. Saya, first of all, Saya calls it slam dancing. That's pretty good too. Okay. I like yeah. pit, pit, pit bumping. Yeah. Slam dancing, pit bumping. Yeah, same thing. Um, but uh, Marcus says he he's not into it. He says... He's not really interested in getting beat up by a bunch of strangers trying to sell how aggressive they are. Saya says, asshole, it's not like that. 
It's a pure expression of their enthusiasm and joy for the music. It looks violent, but it isn't. It's play fighting. If you look close, it's a dance of camaraderie and exuberance. Uh, yeah. Wow. I've never heard it put that way or really thought about it, but since I've, I think I've, I've been pit bumping before. Oh, have you? And I was just maybe just like once, maybe once. And I was just like, this is not for me. Like, I'm not trying to push people around and I don't want to get pushed around and not my, not really my type of music either. So I was never involved in that, but I for surely did kind of look down on those people and be like, well, what, why are you guys doing that? That's kind of stupid. You guys are just trying to act tough and be tough. And then here we get a completely different outlook on it. And I understand, like, it makes sense to me, right? Like, yeah, how you could be in that environment and really enjoy that situation. And I think it's, I think what Remender's writing here is totally true, even though I haven't been in a, a mosh pit pimp upping before. Um, two times in the same week. So one time was reading this book. Another time um, I was watching a show and someone was explaining their, it it was sort of an interview show and someone was explaining their time in a mosh pit before. And they said they did a backflip twice in the mosh pit and both times kicked the same guy in the nuts. (laughs) A big (laughs) dude. How's that even possible? I know. Kicked a big dude in the nuts twice. And both times thought that they were just going to get punched in the face. And both times that guy was just like, nice one, nice backflip. Don't worry about it. No problem. Yeah. Reading this and hearing that interview both in the same week, I was like, you know what? I, I dig it. Mosh pits are just for people to express themselves and they're not there to like harm you. They're just there to have fun. I dig it. Yeah, I dig it. I've got no, I have no further judgment on uh, mosh pits. Now, after the concert, Saya and Marcus start to make out. Okay, cool. Hot. You kind of, it's hot. Kind of, kind of felt like this might. Okay, it's it's hot. It's cool and hot. It's time um, to kiss. After uh, after you go yeah, to the concert, yeah. oh, it's time yeah. to kiss. Yeah, yeah. She invites him. It's a date. She invites yeah. him. He goes. They mosh and then they kiss. Obviously. Now, I oh, I fucking love this next panel, dude. This is one of my favorites of the book so far. Um, actually the next, like next, like I'm going to go with next 15 pages are some yeah. of my favorite, favorite from this, um, from volume one and volume two so far. I'm with you, Tim. Marcus and Saya wake up the next morning naked in a park. I mean, it's, it's hilarious and great. Yeah. Just like, I think they're surrounded in beer bottles. Oh yeah. They, yeah. they got drunk. Yeah. Um, the text is of Marcus saying my head feels like it was fucked by a giant <laughs> dude a very dude it's a very eloquent way of describing a very bad hangover dude tim so, it happens dude. okay it happens oh, sometimes oh, your head dude. feels like that oh all right all right buddy i know all about that don't worry <laughs> uh but marcus he realizes that something's wrong Right? But he's still out of it. Now, I get this. Okay. Obviously, we've all been hungover. You know, we've had that moment where you wake up and you're completely out of it and you're trying to like piece back together 
not only like what happened the night before, but like what's happening right now. Like what day is it? You forget what day it is. You're like, yeah, I don't know. And obviously it's always like, oh, I, I really hope it's fucking Saturday today or Sunday or totally. day off or something. Whatever your day off is, you're like, I hope it's that day and not, not the other one, the Monday or whatever. But Tim, sometimes it fucking isn't that day. Oh, it usually isn't. It usually isn't. <laughs> Why aren't we more uh, responsible, Tim? Ah, responsibility. Ah, <laughs> ah. Well, we were young, right? We're yeah. responsible now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For but sure. um, Marcus realizes he does have something to do and somewhere to be. It's not Saturday for him. No, he is late. He's two already two hours late for the opening up of the comic book store and their big sale day. Oh shit, that's bad. <laughs> Fucking shit. Eh? He's supposed to open up the store on big sale day, and he tells us like. He, the, obviously the first thing that goes through compassionate Marcus's head is that this comic book store owner like gave him a chance right gave him this job gave him a chance to work there and Marcus knows that this is where this guy makes the most money um, of the year is on these big sales so he's feeling like utterly disgusting with himself like for 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 fucking this up yeah but he grabs his stuff and he takes off, leaving Saya basically naked of course, in the park. Of course. She's, she's none none too pleased Gots with that. Got to go. Got to go. Now, he's running to the store. And he's not only upset for letting the store owner down here, but he's also obviously upset at himself for cheating on Maria. Now, another thing with like <laughs> these hangover mornings, I'm going to stick on this one for a bit. Please because, do. Um, I, I have more to talk about it. I just want to wait for a break in your action there. <laughs> I've had these hangover mornings in my day. And like in the case of Marcus, he did some fucked up stuff. But in general, like I wasn't doing fucked up stuff. But you wake up and like, first of all, you're physically feeling gross. So that makes you mentally start to feel gross. And then you start to replay like these memories from the night before that you were that you did or things you said and you just start to regret even the smallest thing that probably doesn't matter but just the state you're in the pain you're in um you just start to like ruminate on it and they seem like the world's biggest problems mm -hmm. at that moment and really they're not like if you had not gotten so drunk and hung over you wouldn't even give them another consideration. Yeah. But it's 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 the way that you're feeling in that moment. You just start to regret everything because you're re what you're actually regretting is like how much you drank and what you've done to yourself the next day. It's not these moments like these conversations where everything was probably pretty normal. Um, it's this other stuff. So I I love that like he's he's having these thoughts now and like running down the street hungover, <laughs> feeling super down on himself and like feeling like he, like he let all these people down. And um, yeah. So Tim, yes, in our in our Spider-Man episode, we talked about how there was a time when I wasn't Dean, when I had to yes. come back to we talked being about Dean. that. Yes. So who that, did you become? Uh, did we name the other? I we didn't. We didn't name no, the other. Okay. Oh, we should have named him. Yeah. Him. Him. I was well. No, I don't want to. I don't want to be related to him at all. Um. But there was a time when I wasn't Dean. And in that time, um, there was many of these mornings. There's many of these mornings where I woke up and I regretted a lot of things that had happened. And I needed to rush off to a place where people were counting on me. 
And oh, damn. I know. This this chapter really struck a chord with me. Um, there, There's just the feeling that Marcus has where he doesn't want to let people down, but he was being a kid like he was being an adolescent the night before and he was like living in the moment and that is actually screwed him up because he has responsibilities and there was a like there was a time for me where i liked to live in the moment and kind of forgot that i had responsibilities and you wake up that next day and you're just like shoot i have to do it doesn't matter how i feel right now i have to go do this thing and i have to find a way to not throw up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to find a way to get through it and just be cool. Um, it's w- more than it's more than not throwing up, dude. Sometimes I, I felt like it was like just actually living the rest of the day, like which is, being able to survive it, which is what it. this comic gets into, which is what this issue gets into. It's really about can I make it through every single second of the day? It's just make it to the yeah. next second. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of these times that unfortunately reading this comic uh brought those times back into my head um those were many many years ago we are better people now but yeah it's uh this comic knows like remender knows he knows these moments he knows how you feel in these moments he knows that you feel regret for not doing that thing that you promised somebody you would do um but also you're trying to balance living in the moment and being, you know, young and doing what you want to do the night before. Um, there are yeah. consequences the next day if you do too much the night before. Now, unfortunately for Marcus, he did do something very regretful that he is very regretful of. And he told he told Saya that he loved her. So that's what he's regretting in this moment. I forgot about that part. Yeah, it's like, I mean, he's 15, right? You're not telling people you love them, but. Um, he, yeah. he did and he may he may actually love her I, I feel like he does love her but still you don't want to tell her at the, in that moment like when you're drunk like that that you love her so. yeah you know what Tim when you have like over five or six beers that that word just flies out oh yeah totally <laughs> that sentence it just it just comes out of you you don't even know it's happening it has a different meaning now than when you're 15 though for sure uh, very true yeah so he's running to the comic book store and he's like, see, he's stopping to throw up on the street a couple times, which is funny. And then I also really like this. He's he's running and he says, world goes digitalized, like staring at the sun for too long. Another acid flashback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That's this is more of the sandbox. Yeah. Another um, reminder that, that, that he's not the acid king. And he, you know what, Dean? He doesn't have to be, right? <laughs> he doesn't have to be. No, <laughs> nobody, nobody expected. Nobody him to expected be. <laughs> him to be the Acid King. But I feel like he might be. <laughs> he might be the Acid King. <laughs> he took all of it. <laughs> oh, that's good. Good. Good point. So Marcus finally gets to the comic book store, and obviously his worst nightmare is waiting there for him. It's like fifty or so um, sweaty nerds lined up. <laughs> ready yep. to get in to get all the comics that they can <laughs> oh man we get like so many pages of just the slow burn of the day oh yeah like, people people asking him like do you have this comic do you have this one and he's just like oh my goodness i don't care and there's some like there's some character there who is asking him to do a drawing 
for him. He's like, you, you, I can't remember what character it is, but let's just say Batman. He's just like, you promised me you'd give me a Batman drawing today. And he's, I guess he's a regular. And I guess, I guess here's another thing for Marcus. I guess Marcus is an artist. Like we didn't know this. This is the right. only thing we ever hear about this, but this guy wants Marcus to draw him a picture, right? Yeah, very true. And uh, Marcus, Marcus just keeps telling him like, fuck off kid. Like not now. Oh my goodness. Not now. And it gets, it gets later on in the day. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> and I love your reaction already. It's so good. So Mar- uh, Marcus, uh, let's see if I can get through this. Yeah. Mar- <laughs> Marcus feels something uh, bubbling in his stomach and he decides he wants to rip a fart in this dude's face who's been bugging him all day for this picture. He's like, yeah. All right, buddy. You want a picture here? I'm going to fart in your face and it's going to be real bad. And he, he shits his pants. He shits his it's pants. It's not a fart. It's um, it's ten beers and who knows what else from the night before, just getting blasted all over, all over inside his pants. And I'm afraid <laughs> to say, I mean, this is a max episode, so I guess we can say it. This happens, guys. <laughs> sometimes, oh, are sometimes we going you there? think it's just a fart, are and we it is going not there? just a fart. Are you saying you blasted one? Are you saying you blasted one? I mean, one in the I shorts? didn't blast one in a kid's face who wanted me no. to draw something. That's not what I did. But I will say that sometimes it's a little more wet than you expect it to be. <laughs> and sometimes a lot more, right? <laughs> sometimes a lot more. Right? Yeah, I'm with you, buddy. Uh, it's this, happened. It's happened. This um, sequence, because uh, it's not just a panel, this sequ- this number of pages is just something that I will never forget. Like, it's, it was one of those comic moments that sticks out to me. And I don't know if it's just because it's so funny, like, that this moment is so funny. But I will never forget this. It's one. Of, it's just one of those things. I think I think it's for me it's because it's so funny. It is so fucking funny. Like all these pages that have led up to this moment where Marcus is like I'm finally going to get like one happy thing happened to me here today. I'm going to fart in this dude's right. face cuz he deserves it. Yeah. And then he shits his pants. He shits his and pants at work. He shits everything. He shits everything. It's all over everything. He can't stop it. He can't. He runs he runs to the bathroom, right? Yep. He is trying to wash his clothes off. Yeah. There's a small, tiny sink. I think there's no paper towel or something. And he puts on the boss's shirt. And then the boss walks in and sees him wearing his shirt and immediately fires him. Tim. Tim, he doesn't put on the boss's shirt. I think he, was wipes, he, wiping his ass he wipes his it? ass with the boss's shirt. Okay, there you go. Because that's worse. the only thing there. Dude, that is one step worse. That is that is a bad day Maybe at the office. Maybe a couple steps worse. <laughs> it is. So, yeah, he's fired so he gets kicked out of the comic book store and he's back in his dirty clothes right because that's all he has it's either yeah, go naked or, or wear your shit stained everything he's in his shit clothes and he he's right outside the door and his entire crew of friends are there all dressed in black asking if he's ready for the big raid yeah Not only did he forget he had to work at the comic book store the next day, he forgot the raid on him is going down later in the day. It's time for the big raid. Dude, I guess it's so good. This guy's in the the fucking sewer right now. Can you imagine how you would feel? Like when I'm hungover and I've had a bad day, 
I can just lie in bed yeah. or maybe not anymore. You know, I have a, I have a, a family, but when I was younger, I could just lay in bed all day and let it wear off. Yeah. This guy's got to go to his job and then he's got to assassinate a bunch of yep. hicks, fucking goat fucking hicks. And now he smells like shit. And he smells I mean, like shit in front of all his This is the 80s, so he couldn't set a reminder on his phone the night before <laughs> that goes <laughs> off at like 9 o'clock that says like, um, big comic book day and assassination tomorrow. Couldn't do dude, that. So, Dude, that's a great, that's a great point. I mean, yeah. I feel like there's some sort of a what if in there somewhere. Yeah, what if he has an iPhone? Yeah, what if he had a calendar app? They they basically all go to like, to him. They all go to him. They're across the street. They're up on the roof and they're going to do the big raid. They got a great plan. They do have a great plan. They, They break this plan down for the readers and... They break it down and we're watching them do it, which is really cool. Like they're saying, okay, first we're going to do this and we see them do that. And they're like, and then after that, hey, uh, Lex, you're going to go to the back door. You're going to blow it up. And then Marcus, you sneak in this window. And like we're getting this um, uh, this view into their plan, which yeah. is really cool until something goes wrong in yeah. the plan. And you realize you weren't listening or watching them tell the plan you were watching them actually doing the plan. Yeah. But something starts to go wrong. Totally. I and really, I really liked that because I really bought into the fact that they were just showing us the pl- how the plan was going to break down. Then they were going to go do it. But no, they were doing the plan as they were as they were saying it. Yeah. And very, very nice. Tim, that's one of like my favorite like things in movies when they are breaking down the plan and they're also showing them do it. So you have that second to think, are they doing it now or are they just showing us what will happen if they just carried out the plan exactly. So I love that you get this moment where it's, oh no, this is what's actually happening. Right. So the point where we know things are going wrong is when they kick down the front door. Mm, yeah. And there's there's nobody there. Yeah. The, ho- the whole place is empty. And uh, him and the crew knew that they were coming. They're all hiding. And now they come out, guns a-blazing. Yeah, they're a lot smarter than we thought they were. Yeah, definitely. Now, that takes us to the last issue. So, I wanted to know what your feelings were at this point. Like, first time reading... No, actually, hold on a second. You've read this volume before, right? A long time ago? This is your second go-through? This is my second go-through of these comics. I I was reading them monthly as they came out. Um, Okay during this time in the comic so i don't know exactly when that was maybe four or five years ago maybe not that long maybe just three um when this comic was coming out this is probably pretty fresh for you then so yeah this is my this is my second revisit and my first time kind of reading it all together though okay so what are your thoughts try to try to remember your initial thoughts maybe back when you're reading the the individual trades um, at this point where you, you get to this point in the book, it's been a couple volumes where we've been trying to, you know, get him, you know, finish this ugly bastard off. Yeah. And you've got this really, really awesome crew from Reagan's youth that we've like learned about. We, we know them. They have intricate, intricate stories. And now we've got this like really, really bad guy with his crew and it's going to be the showdown, right? And you know the showdown's happening. You know it's coming. Do you remember how you were feeling at this point? 
I do. I remember when they bust through and no one's there and then they find out that it's like an ambush. I remember feeling that this is not the fight that Marcus and his crew win. This is the fight that they lose and like live to fight another day. I, I feel like going into this last issue, they are going to be able to escape this because they do not have the upper hand and we're going to have this fight again later on. So, yeah, I was I was along the similar lines. I was thinking, okay, we're going to lose people we like here. Totally. We're, we're going to lose some of the crew. I don't know who it is. It could be uh, probably I'm thinking anybody but Marcus. Um, I Honestly, I'm but, thinking Maria because then Marcus has this easy release out of that story. Yes. Yes. So cool i just wanted to know like where you were at with that the first time because because i remember the same thing when they kicked that door down and the room's empty i'm like oh well i was not expecting that yeah now the girl from this hick crew sneaks up on saya and is fucking giving it to saya oh yeah so uh saya's like on the floor this girl has got saya's sword on her neck uh cutting her neck about to kill her But Maria shows up in the window and is watching it happen and continues to just watch it happen. Yep. So she she knows what happened. Um, Fucking teenage drama. Teenage drama. Now, Saya is finally able to kick this girl off and kill her. And then Saya and Maria start fighting, which is fucking cool. And it's cool until Grand Grand comes in. Oh no, not steps. Grand Grand! <laughs> yeah, fucking the big fat Grand Grand, gross looking Grand Grand comes in, stabs Maria in the shoulder with a pitchfork. Yeah, this is crazy, dude. It's crazy, man. Like right through the shoulder, pins her to the wall, and then um, I don't know. This guy's unnamed. I'm gonna call him Uncle Fester because he looks like him. Oh, but nice. He sneaks. He sneaks up on Saya. And it's like at this point, I'm thinking, how many how many people are in this place? Right? Totally. Like, I'm like, Grand, what the fuck? Grand Who's Grand Grand? Grand? I've never seen her yeah. before. Who's Uncle Brand Fester? New. I've never seen these people before. Brand new. So they've got probably, I don't know, seven or eight people in here that we now know of. Right. So the the other team is outnumbered. We've got um, explosions going off outside. Cars are on fire. There's gunfire. There's sword fights pitchfork skewerings so all this shit's going on a lot so of action the, a lot of action yeah and obvi- obviously because of that the cops have to show up right yeah so, so they do but we uh we get back to like this really really great fight between maria and grand grand i mean it's like Maria's this tremendous fighter but grand grand looks like she's 400 pounds heavier than maria right so all, yeah. all, same with uncle fester like these giant creatures and maria during this fight is having this internal monologue about Marcus and Saya. I love when these people in like these most heated moments yeah. have this clarity where they're thinking about these other important things in their life. Right. Yeah. It's really neat. Um, but Maria is just thinking how she's been un- unfair to both Marcus and Saya and has pushed them away because of her behavior. So she's like yeah. finding redemption here. It's a great moment, Tim, because all this time we're in Marcus's head and he's kind of like, you know, Saya's cool and Maria's kind of a drag. But it's another like time where Normender can show you every side of every character. And so we get into Maria's head 
And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I haven't really been fair to either of them, but also like, fuck them. I'm a I'm a great person myself. I don't need them. Like, it's it's just a it's a cool moment where we get into her head where another comic could just be like, yeah, you know, just push her aside. She can die in this fight because then Marcus, our hero, doesn't have to deal with her. Right. I love that we get into her head. I love that we empower her in this moment and she kicks ass. Yeah. And that's not what I was expecting to find in her head. Like I was not expecting for her to realize what she's been doing to people, you know, with her actions. Because from, yeah, because from Marcus's point of view and from like the outside that we're looking, she's a mess. Yeah. You know? You know, she's drinking, she's depressed, she's manic, she's up, she's down, you know, she's a mess. Get her out of here. Get her out of the comic. Get her off the plate. No, keep her in the comic because she's actually amazing. Well, she can stay because she has every right to stay, right? She's going through the same stuff that other people are going through, right? She's, she's, what I don't know how old she is. I'm assuming they're all relatively the same age, but I mean, she's gone through horrible things as well, right? So maybe Marcus is a little bit more adjusted. Uh, but you know, but like Maria killed the guy, the kid that saved her Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, she's going through some shit. If Marcus can't like, can't just sit by her side on that bed. If she's in that bed drinking tequila and he's in the window and he can't go and sit with her, then that's not the guy for her. And we already know like the, the, the major reason she's very, very upset is because she's worried about Chico's father. She knows how powerful he is, how scary he is. And she's worried that word is going to get back that she killed him because Maria killed Chico, right? Yeah. That's that's yeah. not just going to – the soul of the devil is not just going to find out that his son was killed and do nothing about it, right? So yeah. this is why she's a wreck. She thinks she's going to get killed. So It's real, man. This Every character is real in this book. Back to Maria fighting Grand Grand. Maria finishes her internal monologue and gives Grand Grand the Wolverine Max treatment here with, oh. with the pitchfork. In the it is in, it is the Wolverine Max in the mouth, out the face, in the eye socket, out the forehead, and then she repeatedly stabs Grand Grand over and over again on the ground with the pitchfork. It was to the max, my friend. It was to the max. It was a skewered eyeball. It was. It was, it was great. It was great. It was kind of, it was intense. Yeah. It was. Now, Mar- Maria's a badass. Marcus has made his way into the basement. And it's all dark. Oh Dude, yeah. What is it about dark basements? Why are they so terrifying? I don't know. They are. Like a dark main level is not nearly as terrifying as a dark basement. All the totally. bad stuff happens in a dark basement. Yeah, why is that? Is it because you have to like know. go down the stairs into the darkness? It's because you have to enter the darkness? I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. Basements are scary. But he's down there and he hears someone say, Who? Who's there? That's horrible. You don't that's, you don't really want to hear that. No, never. But I thought for a second, Dean. Yeah. I thought for a second. It could have been Chico. Ah, uh, yeah. In the moment, in the moment, I thought, is that Chico? Because we had that what if. Totally. What if, what if Chico came yeah. back? I thought, what if Chico was alive and and just cha- chained up here somewhere? Um, not Chico, not not Chico at all. It was not. It's Mrs. Ranks from the boys' home. So she was the old lady leading leading the boys' home and like causing all the shit with those guys. She didn't die. No, she's naked in a cage. With a pig nose tied on her. 
That's weird. Uh, That's weird. Well, I mean, it's weird if you're in a regular person's home. <laughs> but we we are in him's home. So as soon as I see that pig nose, I know exactly what that conversation was. I know exactly oh. what that deal is. You're thinking pig fucker. I'm thinking pig fucker. Oh my goodness, Dean. Uh, why did you why would you go there? I didn't do it. Him did it. He put the nose on. <laughs> He's like, you know what? This isn't working for me. Try this nose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now I like it. You know what, man? That's great because I I saw the pig nose and decided not to really try to figure out what it meant. You're a better man, Tim. You just nailed it. I was like, why is there a pig nose? I'm just going to keep reading, but I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I, I don't have to elaborate for our listeners. I'm pretty no, sure they get it by this point too. It's bad stuff. It's bad stuff. Yep. Yeah. So we're back upstairs. Uncle Fester's choking Maria, but Saya puts her sword through his back. Cool. But he doesn't even really seem to notice. <laughs> it does no? It does, he doesn't really care at all. It does nothing to him. Because now this that is why. was weird. These guys are they're all fucking cranked out on like PCP yeah. or meth or something. They're all um with the girl earlier who was fighting Saya. I remember Saya saying like she's too powerful. What's going on? Some sort of drugs. Right. The the girl punched Saya and broke. Saya was like, oh, she just broke three bones in her hand punching my face. She's punching way harder than she should be. Something's going on. So they're all cracked. They're all cranked out. Yeah. So then. Um, he starts beating the shit out of Saya for, you know, stabbing him. And then Billy makes his way through the window and shoots this dude. So Billy was like basically outside this whole time. I think Billy and right, Billy yeah. and Lex were like the outside crew. They were supposed to bomb their way through the back door, but the back door turned out to be like fortified with like two feet of steel or something like that. And they couldn't get through. So they were out there dealing with like the police and stuff. But back in the basement, we've got Marcus now, he's dropped his flashlight, so everything is dark now. And it's really, really cool panels because everything is black. Every panel is black until mm-hmm. Fuckface shoots at Marcus, and then that one panel gets lit up with gunfire. Right. And um, he, uh, Fuckface, eventually turns a light on, and we see Marcus by a dog cage. They've got some sort of dog chained up down there in a cage. Peppermint is the dog's name. Peppermint. Oh, how cute. Very cute. Um, Marcus lets out Peppermint. And what does Peppermint do? Fucks up Fuckface. Destroys. Destroys Fuckface. Like, destroys him. Uh, Like, is ripping organs out. That's what they show us. Apparently wasn't treated very well. No. Now, Lex is out front with the cops, and he's making up some story about the burning cars. And we see in the background, Saya and Billy are escaping on the rooftops, so they're good. But Marcus and Maria are still inside, and Marcus has found Chico's head. Only only the head. He's carrying the head. So they start to make their way outside, and El Alma del Diablo is out there waiting for them. Yeah. With his crew. And another... Another like crazy moment in the comic where they're having like a real conversation about the relationship. Yeah. And then they just kind of 
at, in the middle of that conversation, as they turn and look, the soul of the devil is standing there. That's true. He's like, hey, hey, what's up? They've got Willie on his knees with his hands above his head. And L tells Maria he was going to ask if she's seen Chico. But clearly she has. Because Marcus is holding his head. Yeah, so, she's seen him. She knows where he is. or She knows where yeah. some of him is. So this is a very, very bad spot for them. And this is where the volume ends. Crazy. Excellent volume. Excellent, excellent volume. I was so into it, Tim. Me too. I loved it. I started reading the volume. Sometimes I like to read before bed. I started reading the volume when it was midnight, so I probably shouldn't have started yet. I should have just went to sleep. Mm -hmm. I did not put it down until I finished because I couldn't. Are you serious? I'm serious. That's... I was I was up until 2 a.m. reading this because I could not put it down, and I did not remember how everything turned out. It, it, it I loved this volume so much. Yeah, lots of awesome stuff going on, but we don't need to really go back on it because we just laid it all out there right now. We laid it all out. It's, it's all great. there. It's, it's there for you people. Yeah, Remender's writing is on point here. It's speaking to me. Okay, there's one thing left to do. What if? What if? So, Dean, what if you and I went to Reagan Youth and had our own clique? What would it be? And what would our skills be? Oh, man. It's you and me, buddy. What would our clique be? We're newly enrolled members. Oh, man. This is tough. Okay. Um, the first thing that came to oh, my head was yeah. some, something to do with podcasting because right. we could use the wires to choke and kill people. Okay. That's all I've got. Okay. That's all, got. I, that's all you've got. Okay. Interesting. Pens. The pens. We use pens for our notes. We stab people with pens. Oh, see, this is interesting because this is definitely not something that this school has yet um, because it's in the 80s, so they don't have podcasts. We bring cell phones in. Oh, we're the futurist, futuristic tech group. Yeah. We're from I the like future. So we're from the future. Yes, I like the group of killers that are podcasters and they try to get like the elite guests and then they strangle their guests or they use pens to <laughs> yeah, kill their guests. I like this. It's about getting the fame. You have to get the, the most famous <laughs> podcast so you can get the most famous guests and then assassinate them. Um, it's interesting. We. I wasn't going to go that way, but that's interesting. I guess do we we get the like heads of the other clicks on our podcast and then we kill them. We have the guys of like, we really like what you guys are doing. We want to talk to you. And Oh, here it is. They think there's only one of us because right. maybe we look we and, and we don't, but maybe people can't tell us apart. So they think we're the right. same person. So there's only one of us. Uh, one of us sneaks out of the closet during the podcast and kills the guest. I, hold okay, on. I think I we've been reading I, too much Deadly Class here. This is not yeah. really what I would probably be. I would not be a, no, a murderous is... podcaster. 
I don't think so. I think you're. I think this is wrong. Let's keep the podcast like. Let's keep that safe. Let's keep that space safe. Okay, maybe there's no murders happening on a podcast. What kind of? Uh, were you in a clique in high school? Um, no, no, no. I was kind of like I was friends with everybody, but yeah, but, but I was in. What about yearbook I, committee? Yearbook committee. Maybe maybe we're the yearbook committee. Okay, or, or yeah, like you the do new- some good work on Instagram and stuff. <laughs> you could be part of the yearbook committee. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe we can like interview people and get their memories from the year, and um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I would be friends if we're in the time of this book. I would be friends with Marcus. Do you get the feeling that the only other person that's going to join us is Shabnam? I was going to say, as soon as you said it, I was like, well, we're definitely with Shabnam. Like, yeah, I mean, he's definitely in our group. (laughs) I appreciate that that you go straight to Marcus being in our clique, but more likely it's Shabnam. (laughs) Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think you and me, I think we punch up Shabnam a bit. I think like oh, we're, for I sure. think we help him out a bit. So I think with you, me, and Shabnam as a trio, Marcus is more down with hanging out with us. Oh. I think if it's you, me, and Shabnam, he invites all three of us to that party. Okay, look, look. I had a way of making all the different cliques like me. I was like friendly. I was, I was able to bullshit with all of them. Yeah, same. I think... I think I could get to Victor because I also took Russian for a little while. So oh, that's I could right. I could get in with Victor. I wonder if our clique is actually bringing in the heads of all the other cliques to a secret alliance clique of all the heads run by you and me and Shabnam. Interesting. I don't feel like I have that much power. What kind of power do you need, though? Like, I don't have that much sway. I'm more of like a... I'm like a fit in to the group type. Okay. You know, so I don't think I could convince all the leaders to come together. Well, yeah, we probably, well, here's the thing though. If you can just get maybe the biggest domino to fall, maybe the rest will come into place. And I think I could get Victor on our side. Right. You just got to whisper in Victor's ear that it's a good idea and he'll do all the work. Yeah. Well, people will say, oh, if Victor's on board, then, you know, because everybody's afraid of Victor. He's like the biggest dude For in sure. school, right? For sure. Okay. So, He's the jock. So we get Victor and then we assume everybody else is going to follow. Yeah. You don't sound convinced. I'm not super convinced because the way this book goes, I feel connected with the Misfits group. I feel connected with the Marcus group and Maria and Saya. I feel like I'm part of that. Okay. So then let's let's rephrase it. So you go in there and join a group. So it's, you're joining the Misfits. Well, no, the, so. the Misfits are not Seiya. Seiya is not part of the Misfits, right? Right. Right. I mean, they're all kind of part of their own thing. That's why I think we could bring them bring them all together. Interesting. We could, like, okay, I'm, let's I'm bring thinking, them together. I'm thinking like Secret Alliance. Secret Alliance shit here. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Get, we, tell, we get the top heads together and we're like, look, we know you all got your own cliques. But this is something different. This is something bigger. It's like a god, and a we godfather, got a, plan. a godfather moment. Yeah, you know, we got like a plan the, of why it's good that everyone comes together. Yes, the heads of the families have come together for a bigger group. I could be a schemer. I could be a plan maker. Now, why are we doing it? Because we want to take over Reagan's youth. We want to get rid of Master Lin. Uh, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why we would do that though. He doesn't seem very like bad. All he did was read like uh, Marcus's no, journal. He seems fine. Maybe pri- cool prices at the cafeteria are too high. 
Yes. We need to bring costs down. Student yes. student council. We create a okay. student council. See, that's the thing it's missing. Yeah. Is there a student council there? I don't think so. I don't think so either. All right. Well, we head up student council. So you're, you're president. I'm VP. Of student council. And we campaign that uh, cafeteria prices are too high. Sounds good to me. Great. All right, Dean. Well, thanks for joining us this week. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, you know, I'll be knocking on your door again next week. For sure. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.